Guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. So if you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor. That includes diets, surgeries, and exercise. We love you guys. And we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family forever. So be careful and consult your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. You all know how much we love ProCare. We talk about them all the time, pretty much in every episode we record. Pretty much. So we are really, really excited to announce. They're sponsoring the podcast. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. Yes. And we truly believe in their product because we take them every single day. I take their one-a-day capsule. Yes. And I take their one-a-day chewable. It's freaking delicious. And not only do they have multivitamins, but they have calcium chews. Delicious calcium chews. The salted caramel is to die for. Oh, and the cinnamon roll guys tastes like a cinnamon roll mm-hmm. oh my god they also have dinner mint but mm-hmm. our favorite favorite yes. is a dark chocolate for two reasons one you can have it at nighttime for a treat mm-hmm. or make a s'more out of it we've done it freaking bomb how cool is that so go now to procarenow.com and use code oslp for 10 percent off Alrighty, now go now what are you waiting for go get your vitamins yeah Hello and welcome to the Women After Weight Loss Surgery Masterclass. I'm your host, Denise Cunningham. And today we have with us two firecrackers uh, from our Sleeve Life podcast, yeah. Kelly and Mel. Welcome. Thank Hi. you. Thank you for having us. Yes. Oh, for sure, ladies. So today we're going to go over their stories. They have actually had the surgery mm-hmm. and they're going to tell us their stories, um, some tips and tricks, what worked, what didn't work. Um, and I'm sure they'll make us laugh somewhere in there. Well, who wants to start? Do you want me to start? You want to start? Why don't you start? Okay. So I'm Mel and I had gastric sleeve surgery six years ago, almost it would be seven years in May. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, my top weight was 308 pounds. Um, I cannot envision that. I know I've seen your picture. <sighs> Isn't yeah, it crazy? crazy? Right. Sometimes I can't even like believe that I was until I look at those side by sides and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, you were. <laughs> you yeah, totally were. You, were. you were 308 pounds. You were all of that. Yeah. If that did happen, I own it 100 um, percent because basically the reason what started my journey is because my father passed away from liver cancer and um, he was only 59 years old. And a, a lot of our family barely gets into their 60s. They all die right around that oh. time frame. And me and my brother are, have always been big kids since we were little. My brother was like 472 pounds. I got up to... What? Yeah. I got up to 308 and he was like, Mel, we, we need to do something. And especially after my dad passed and I was like, you are right, sir. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We do. So we started working out, trying to lose our weight, you know, as the people that I hate that say this, the natural way. Yeah. Um, (laughs) drives me crazy, but we tried, we did all the things we lost some weight, but we hit definitely like roadblocks. Um, our body just wasn't, just wasn't working. Um, so my brother got lap band and he was like, he liked in the beginning and he was losing weight and it really like jump started me being like, okay, I need to do something. Cause I'm hitting the walls, same thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he, I went to the same place that he did that got the lap band, which is the organ weight loss surgery in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And they're a super awesome place. Dr. Patterson, shout out. You're amazing. And we have an episode with her. Yes, we do. Um, and she mm-hmm. goes over her techniques and everything, mm-hmm. but what was kind of cool, what I, she's definitely my pace. I'm a girl that's like all in, I want to just get this over with. Boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. 
And that's really how they treated it. Like you fill out the application and then you don't hear from them for two months. And they tell you that right away. Like, hey, you're not going to hear from us for two months. We got to go through this log. And they, yeah, they called me in February um, and then I had surgery May 13th. So it was quick. And oh, yeah. yeah, we get up there, we do all the testing um, because especially since I live like an hour away, they wanted to get it all done fairly quickly. So I didn't have to keep driving up there every month mm-hmm. or every week because some people have to do that. Um, and yeah, I got my surgery. And then, you know, six years later, I'm down to 192 and I've been sitting here forever. Mm-hmm. And my lowest weight was 179. But like, you know, that flux that happens that I didn't know that was normal. I thought that Completely. I was just like failing and being whatever. And now after doing the podcast and watching Kelly go through her journey, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, 10 to 15 pounds is super normal. <laughs> it, is. it really is. Yeah. So my name's Kelly. I'm the other half of our Sleeved Life yeah. podcast. And uh, I actually, we've known each other for 22 years. 22 years. Of being right. best friends. And we've, I mean, that's how I knew Mel was at her bigger weight yeah and i always lived my life with like i always need to lose lose 15 pounds 15 pounds i need to get 15 pounds off and then i met my now ex-husband and you know that happy relationship weight started coming on and then i actually got in the gym i was eating right i lost like i think 80 pounds and i was feeling really good i was right around 200 and uh I got diagnosed with lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, and fibromyalgia. And oh, wow. yeah, yeah, that kind of knocked me on my ass. Yeah, like trifecta there. Yeah. And so I kind of ignored that I had those diseases for a long time. Like I did the the I did what they told me to do. I took my meds. Um, but I felt like shit all the time. And so my response to feeling like shit was, okay, I'm gonna eat like shit. Mm-hmm. If I want to have a whole tub of Ben and Jerry's, that's what I'm going to eat for dinner. And I ate out every night. I was not choosing healthy options, which I found out later that when you eat a lot of sugary based foods, your body reacts negatively when you have autoimmune diseases. Yep. Makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. So I was basically just feeding my disease. Yeah. That's what I was doing. And um, I watched Mel go through her surgery Mm -hmm. and it was really weird coming from an outsider's point of view of like watching her go through it because you get those fears of like, well, is she not going to be the same person? Is she going to like not want to be friends with me anymore because she's now thinner than I am? That didn't happen. No. But um, I saw how much positive, um, a positive aspect that it brought to her life and, and she was healthy and she was moving and like all of these things. And I was so jealous because I was like, here I am. I'm bedridden. I don't leave the four walls of my room except for to go do my sometimes job and come back and lay down. And I remember my this is my my why my clear why is I got all dressed up for my little sister's birthday. We had planned this uh, winery thing and all of her friends came out. We all dressed like bougie because she's to the top bougie. And I was so excited. I got my make. I did my makeup. I did my hair. I took pictures out in this beautiful winery and the camera turned around and I looked at it and I was just like, who the fuck is that? Because <laughs> that's not me. Like I, I was dead in the eyes. I didn't seem to be enjoying myself. I was so overweight that I was just like, this is not me. I've never been this person. So 
that was the moment. It's that, weird how you just have to see a picture, even yeah. though you're living it. Like yeah. I never thought I was as big as I was. No. And then when you see the picture, you're like, whoa, yeah. I look like they took a pump and pumped me full of air. Yeah, exactly. Or you always take selfies. So you don't notice it because you're saying you're giving yourself the best angle, which, yeah, everybody wants the best angle. But that was my excuse is, oh, that's a bad angle. That's a bad angle. That's not really me. But it truly like clicked in my brain that something big needed to change. Yeah. And I remember talking to Mel about it a few years earlier. Yeah. Because my doctor suggested that I had weight loss surgery. And I was like, no, no, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. I'm not there yet. And I'm thankful that I didn't because I don't think I would have taken it as seriously as I did at that moment because I was like, mind blown, got to do something. <laughs> mm hmm. And I called my center, which is in McMinnville, Oregon, and Dr. Thompson did a fabulous job. She is so personable and just made me feel comfortable because it's so rough walking into that surgery center for the first time because you're like, okay, are they going to judge me? Like, well, you, in the big chairs, you're like, you got, oh, yeah, shit, you got I these can giant fit chairs and you're just like, what, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah. But every single person in that office made me so feel so comfortable. And I was so ready after meeting her for the first time. I was like, I know I can do this. And I can do this because I have this team of people behind me. And my then husband was very supportive. He drove me to all my appointments because I couldn't drive myself. I was in constant pain. I had really bad sciatica pain. And so even standing for five minutes was not an option most Man. of the time without me, yeah. which is why I was stuck in bed. Yeah. Um, and so I had my surgery and it was just I woke up from my anesthesia, which, by the way, anesthesia is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> I love being able to sleep. She it's does. like, I don't know if you could become addicted to anesthesia, I would <laughs> because I'd be like, just give it to me. Give it to me. I need it. Yes. And so uh, I went in, had my surgery, and I woke up from anesthesia. And I was I was walking because I remember through all my research that the biggest thing for gas pain was walk. They said walk, yes, walk, walk. Yes, that pain is horrible. It's, it's, it's like it horrendous. You and hurt so bad. Yeah. And so I was like, I got back to my room and I was like, Can I walk? Can I walk? <laughs> I want to walk. Like, and they're like, well, let's get you settled. I'm like, no, can I just walk? Because I, <laughs> I'm feeling this pain and I just want to walk. And the nurses thought I was insane. I thought it was insane when you told me. I yeah. was like, girl, fucking sit down. Yeah. What are you I doing? Was like, no, no, I need to walk because that's the only thing that's going to help. And so they were like, OK, well, if your husband walks with you and make sure you don't fall, like, that's fine. You can walk. So I'm walking and I got to about my second or third lap because it was just a big circle. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't have any pain. What? Like, I don't have any pain. Uh -huh. And I started crying because it was the first time in four years, three or four years that I had had no pain in my legs. Wow. So crazy. And I asked the surgeon, Dr. Thompson, about it. And she was like, well, sometimes anesthesia just like recalibrates your system and it can just happen like that. And I was just like, hell yes, let's do this. So from that, that moment, like awesome. I was doing I was doing anything and everything that I could because I just was so thankful for the life that I was given. And I took it very, very seriously, maybe too seriously at times, uh -huh. like cutting out every single carb out of my life. And wow. unsustainable. Yeah. And only eating <laughs> cheese and nuts and, and salami and salami. <laughs> 
to that the was my diet. to the extent her doctor's like, "Hey, your cholesterol is way too high." Yeah, <laughs> can we back that up, please? <laughs> We're gonna back off the cheese a little bit. And I was like, "All right, cool. I still eat cheese, but I was I started incorporating other things." Yeah, but That's it was good. it was a great like whole the whole journey. Like, yes, there was ups and downs and like emotions and and breakdowns that came with it, which I know Mel had the same. Yeah. Um, but from the moment I had it, I was like, no, this is this is my last thing that I'm doing. I am doing this and I'm giving it my all. And then Mel came to me with this crazy idea of well, yeah, starting like, a podcast. We hang out every Thursday. That was our jam. Like mm-hmm. even when she was stuck in those four walls, it was Thursdays. I'd come see her. Well, back in the four wall situation, it was once a month. Once a month. Yeah. And then after surgery, it was every Thursday. And um, we would talk about weight loss surgery the whole time. And I'm learning so much shit. Like we're four years apart mm-hmm. in our journeys. And I was learning so much from her. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. If I'm four years out and I'm still learning this shit, we need we need to help people because mm. I was so in the dark six years ago. All I did was read my binder and did exactly what the mm. doctor said. Did it help? Yes. I'm still, you know, weighed off. I've not gained only mm. that 10 to 15 pounds and I feel very grateful for mm. it. But this community is insanely amazing <laughs> and you get to like learn so much about your mm. body and how it sh- how it is working and things that are normal versus like, hey, maybe you should call the doctor. Yeah. And. I did some research and I was like, okay, there's podcasts out there, but they're only from the doctor perspective, like, which is great. Yeah, which is fine. Like we can listen to that and learn more and more. But I was like, I feel like we need a patient perspective. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Yeah. There was nothing in nothing. 2008 when I had my surgery. I was like, Mm-mm. where do all these people come from? Yeah, this is so cool. It's yeah. so cool. And like there's so much on YouTube and mm-hmm. Instagram and now TikTok's blowing up with the community because mm-hmm. it's like we're here. We just need people to like find us and mm-hmm. bring this awareness out because one, mm-hmm. I hate the whole easy way out, natural way bullshit. Like, oh, let's talk about that yeah. because I, I kind of felt I, I have to tell on myself a little bit. My my ex husband had the surgery before I did, and he would never eat healthy, even though he liked vegetables. And as mm. someone who didn't like a lot of vegetables, I was like, "You're just taking the easy way out. You're just lazy. You're just not. I don't understand. You won't mm-hmm. even eat healthy." Mm-hmm. And so, and then I saw what he went through mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was able to lose 90 pounds in 90 days and keep it off. But like, he had that moment where he was like, what the F did I do to myself? Yep. You know, which I definitely had too, where I was like, I don't know about this because it's that moment when you realize like you can't eat exactly the same yep. mm-hmm. where you're like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. No, this is why I did it, but then I had that freak out moment. So we call that buyer's remorse. Like people telling yeah. you it's the easy way out. Yeah, because like my basically a lot of my friends and family, that's all they would say. Because that's all they know. That's all they heard about because mm-hmm. you know, the gastric bypass um got a bad rap. It did. It really, really did. Mm-hmm. And it like is kind of like still lingering to this day. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to break that because that's actually what made me be discouraged from even getting the bypass mm-hmm. was because of all the negative heat it was getting, even though mm-hmm. I did research on it. And everybody would be like, well, just, you know, just eat right. Just, you know, go work out. And it's like, I've already fucking tried that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've been trying that. I yeah. have been literally a big girl since like. I can remember mm. like that's just been our family. Like, well, and we walked everywhere every in high school. Every fucking where. Like, everywhere. Like, there is miles. no reason why we weren't losing weight yeah. except for the fact that our bodies just, some people's body 
like chemistry just yeah yeah, it just holds on like any carbs that I eat if it's like bread and ranch it goes straight to my hips and thighs (laughs) like it just automatically does it's like hey don't tell me that I'm taking the easy way out because like boy are do you not know what it go what it looks like on the other end because once you have that surgery I say it's harder to be on the other side of that surgery than Mm -hmm. it is to not be the easy way out is those sorry part of my French chair, but like those motherfuckers sitting on their goddamn couches, passing judgment on us and then eating because mm-hmm. guess what? Like that's the easy way. Like you're doing nothing. Yeah. Like the hard way is literally taking ownership and realizing like you do have a problem. Yeah. Like we have a problem with food. I know mm-hmm. that I'm a food addict now. Had yep. no idea before surgery yep. because the breakdown that you're talking about, I remember vividly. I was literally in my like hallway right in between the door jam and I was upset about something. That part I don't remember. But I remember being upset and my husband being like, are you OK? And I was like, I can't believe I did this to myself. I can't believe I got this big to where I need fucking surgery and now I'm in pain and I can't eat what I fucking want and I'm so upset about it. Mm-hmm. I can even remember right now where I get teary-eyed about it because I'm like, it was so frustrating because I'm like, oh, my, because my aunt used to say like, hey, like we're emotional eaters. And I didn't understand what that meant mm-hmm. at the time. And in my head, I'm like, she's fucking right. She's mm-hmm. so right. We are. We totally are emotional eaters. Yeah. And that was the deal is like, now my comfort is completely gone. I don't mm-hmm. know how to get comfort anymore. Yeah. Like besides like a hug from my husband, like it's not the, it's not the same. Yeah. And that food was making me feel not lonely. It was making me feel comforted. Mm-hmm. And I lot, it's like losing a best friend. It's mm-hmm. like, what do you do now? Yeah. And that's yeah. where I say, like, this is not the easy way out because the mental game is real. Well, and not only mental, but physically, you had you were going through a lot of pain at that point. Yeah. Because yeah. Her surgery was a little bit different than mine. Yeah. And so she had a lot of pain. I had a lot of side pain because yeah. what we've learned by interviewing both of our surgeons is like her surgeon did more like laparoscopic. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then mine actually like literally took out my liver and it was sitting outside of me while she was inside of me doing stuff. And so it makes more sense why that incision was so much more painful. I remember telling Kelly, I was like, I feel like I can move. I can feel my organs move like they're sore. And it's because like they were touched and I'm like, oh, this is crazy. So it's just different. Yeah. And so my pain was different and it was longer. Like I couldn't be walking. That's why that was nuts. that she was like, I'm walking right after surgery. I'm like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> Day two, I was at Walmart with the cart walking what? around to walk more. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, as soon it as they let me out of the hospital, I was like, hey, I told my sister, take me to Walmart. Because I need to walk. I just need a cart wow. and I'll just walk around. Yeah, That might have been a little aggressive, but it, yeah. Yeah, it, maybe. Just a tiny bit. Just, just a tiny bit. I mean, I wish I had that energy. I didn't even think about it. Like, I was down for like two weeks. Yeah. It was not happening. Yeah, I walked laps around my house. Mm-hmm. I just I just did big circles and walked into my re- my room and then down the hallway. And I just did anything and everything that I could think of Yeah, to get that walk in. And I would walk for about 10 minutes and then I would lay down for about an hour. And then I would be back up, walk about 10 minutes and then go back to bed. So, but it, it's a very physical pain yeah. also. And then once you get past that physical pain, I feel like that mental is like, Full in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what did I just do Like, to now I have to deal with this, too. It's not just let me make healthy choices. Now it's like, oh, I there was other stuff going on here. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, that no one seemed to be able to tell me that I was eating when I felt frustrated and upset. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember them asking us to do a journal 
before we ate. And I looked at them like, but if I thought about what I was eating before I ate, do you think I would eat it? Yeah. Right. Like, and that's the whole was, point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So but we I don't realize that. Surgery, people don't realize it's just like that thing that makes you stop and take care of yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've talked to many therapists and they have all said journaling is one of the best things you can do because it makes you realize what you're doing. Mm hmm before you're doing it and then you tend to make a different decision based on that because you're seeing it in black and white instead of just being like there's a kit kat <laughs> that's coming i with have me. a distinct memory of a lady um i had art stores at the time someone upset me um and you'd think an art store is usually a happy place but yeah. i had a lady that would bring her her child and then stay for like an hour and you know kids they need to touch things they uh-huh. need to so i would get upset because i don't want you yelling at your kid like here i'll play with your kid whatever but i i saw her coming and i literally went and got a dr pepper and some candy because i had candy on tables for my customers when they scrapbooked and i start i sat down and just started eating it and wow. that's when i realized like this is what i'm doing yeah. and Wow. She really frustrated me. You needed that Dr. Pepper and candy to deal with her. Yep. Because it was a comfort. Yep. Yes. Comfort food is an actual thing to us. It's Mm -hmm. not just food. It's that while you're eating that, nothing matters. Mm -mm. Like it just feels good. Yeah. yeah. It just feels good. And And you're, you're, uh, yeah, you're making yourself happy by eating. But what you're, what I had to realize was, I, the the compilation of eating that was also hurting me. Like yeah. I was happy in that moment, but it was physically killing me and it was feeding my exactly. diseases. And, you know, for Mel, it was doing the same thing. It was physically killing you. And I, I know some of the people that we've talked to that are over 400 pounds, like it was killing them. Yeah. They were killing themselves slowly. Slowly, a slow death. And yeah. so by having the surgery, taking control they're not taking the easy way out because the easy way out would to continue to eat like that and just mm-hmm. slowly kill yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, be selfish of taking yourself out of this life instead of being present with your kids, your family, your whoever. Well, and I think with the surgery, like I was telling this to Eric actually this past weekend, the surgery kind of makes you do like a sugar de- detox. I it feel does. like, you know, like yep. it's fully getting out of your system. And then when you are done doing that detox, you feel so much more awake. Yeah. Like that fog is gone. And mm-hmm. then you realize, oh, this is what I've been doing to yep. myself for like years, yep. years, my friend. And it's like, OK, now we need to pivot and do something different because yep. that wasn't working before. Yep. Obviously, it wasn't working. Uh-huh. And people get nervous about the whole lifestyle change verbiage. But it really is a lifestyle change because. Yep. Now you're eating the foods that make you feel good. Yep. And I'm trying to like teach that to my husband and my kid. Like, hey, the reason why you're feeling foggy right now and you're not remembering things mm-hmm. is because you haven't ate today. Yep. Go get protein right now. Can you please yep. just like go get some protein? Like food is fuel. It really does feed you. It really yeah. does. It, it yeah. feeds all what's going on. And yeah. people just, like, I, I mean, don't. even if I want, if I, if I think, oh, well, I want to take a nap, I know I could go eat a couple pieces of bread and be ready for a nap. Like yep. I can control my behavior that way. And I think that freak out moment was also good because 
I couldn't eat liquid sugar anymore. And I did, I, I liked ice cream, but I wasn't buying it all the time. But mm. that was the moment where I was like, whoa. But I was grateful because that's what I wanted. I wanted that Snickers to make me not feel good. I was actually really grateful for that awareness because yeah. that's what helped me stop and say, I'm not going to do that to myself anymore. Yeah. Whether I'm rewarding myself with food or punishing myself or I'm frustrated, upset, mm -hmm. how, whatever emotion I'm, I'm trying to avoid feeling, I'm not, that's not worth it. Cause yeah. I felt so bad yeah. after. Yeah. Yep. yep. I what know. do you think has helped you guys be successful? Like as far as changing your lifestyle tips, tricks, like what can, what will help the audience the most? Do you think? I would definitely not recommend cutting out every carb in your life and only eating three <laughs> items. I would definitely not recommend that. No, I don't. Um, I think don't having a buddy um, really helps. through the whole process, I think having somewhere that we could kind of come to and vent and be still having these discussions, but also helping other people kind of keeps me more on mm -hmm. task. Yeah. Um, more than just like I'm in the background. Nobody can see my journey, whereas we are in the forefront of a lot of people's journeys. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be, I want to be a person that they look to as a success and that they see like, Oh, she can do it. Even though she's got this, this, and this, and this against her. Yep. Um, you know, I did have some moments this year where it was really hard. I did cope with food because I got a divorce and that's a really real, real thing in this community yep. is that people change. Yeah. And the person that you were before doesn't necessarily mesh with your significant other anymore. Yep. And I learned that it was more than just, yeah, it was, it was a long time of not meshing well. We just didn't know how to end it. And, but I think through that, like I was eating my feelings again, but then it was like, wait a minute, this is, this is what I went through before. And I don't want to do that again. So I think, um, you know, trying eat waking up each day and may, having a plan in your head of how that's going to go, mm -hmm. but also be able to pivot. So if I'm saying, OK, I'm going to eat this, this and this today and have it logged and be ready to go. But then I'm out and it takes longer and I can't get to the food that I planned, knowing that I can go someplace and I'm going to order something that is healthy for yeah. me um, and focusing on that protein. Protein first, protein most. Yep. That's that's like a couple things for me is my brain loves numbers. I'm a very like analytical person. Um, my, I'm a math major for a reason. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> tracking was my like golden child, basically, because if I if I noticed if I hit the goals, I felt great. And then I noticed if I didn't hit the goals, I didn't feel great. But it took me like a good month or two of tracking to realize that like you're not going to notice that right away. You're just like because you're in it and you're like, hey, I did it good this week. I did good last week. Like we're going, we're going, yep. we're going. And then all of a sudden when you do fall off track and then you realize, oh, I feel shitty today. Why do I feel shitty? Oh, it's because I didn't get all the protein in. Yep. I forgot to take my vitamins because this yep. is going to happen. You're going to yep. forget things. And that's OK. I think also what has helped me is like, don't be so hard on yourself. Like mm -hmm. it's going to happen. It's just, you have to learn from what you just did and then still keep going. And know that like, we're all like, we just released an episode mm -hmm. of like making mistakes during this is completely normal. Yes. We're all going to make mistakes, mm -hmm. but knowing how to say, okay, I made a mistake. All right. 
the next choice I make is going to be a good one. Yeah, it's always about that next choice, because I think that's a big deal is that we, you know, we got the mindset of like, oh, we'll just do that Monday. Yep. Oh, we'll do that tomorrow. I swear, that's so true. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Yeah. That's going to be January 1st. (laughs) We're doing it. We're doing it. And those days just never. lose that 20 pounds. Exactly. And it just never happens. And that's the deal is like, no, we need to choose next meal. It needs to be the next item. It can't be tomorrow, the next day, the next day, because that's just not going to. Monday never comes. Yeah. You're just going to fall back into those old habits. So Mm. I'm a big. I had a friend that did that where we were going to start something. And she's like, but I have this event and this event and this event. And I said, well, when would now be a good time? Yeah. Yeah. Because. It's there's always something that comes up. Yep. Yep. And I just I just always made sure like I noticed too that like I really did do you guys have to eat like every couple hours? Because I have to eat like every couple hours. I should in the beginning. Be eating every couple of hours. <laughs> I would say the first two years it's like that. But now in six years out, it's like if I don't, I start feeling the sluggish. Mm. I start feeling a little foggy. Yeah. Start feeling a little cranky. Yep. And I'm like, oh, I haven't ate yet. Yep. Um, but we but we should be. That's the deal. Is like we've noticed that it is very important to it, keep going. Extremely important. Yeah. For you to eat every couple of hours. Make sure that you're getting a pro like eat your protein first. Yes. If you have room, then go to the other things. Because I'm a person that I like to mix all my stuff together. And so that did not work. (laughs) I had to eat my protein first. And I always put my protein on my plate, ate that. If I was still hungry, then I would get up and get the other things. Yeah. The veggies or whatever. And it's the vegetables aren't bad for you. They're really good for you. But you have to make sure that your body is getting that protein. Well, and so. we talked to that dietitian that's like, it's called honoring your pouch. Yes. Because that we only have like this small amount of where we can get food in there and fuel our bodies. Yep. So honor your pouch and give it what it needs. Yeah. Like stop trying to like give yourself, we call it mouth pleasure. Stop trying to give yourself mouth pleasure and brain pleasure and just give your body what it needs. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. super important for this, yep. this journey. Yep. Yeah. You can't just... I mean, and you're that doesn't mean your food can't taste good because there are some really good protein based meals that are awesome, Mm -hmm. like taste so delicious. Like I do a um, air fried steak bites. They're amazing. Yeah. So I could eat those all day long and be totally fine. And they're protein based, but they also have good flavor to them. You don't have to go with the boiled chicken breast (laughs) and (laughs) vegetables again. Like that's. Don't do that. Like, why put yourself through that? Enjoy the five bites that you're going to take by giving yourself flavor. It doesn't it doesn't work well. Well, and I think that's like a stigma that's like, oh, you you just have to have plain food. Uh-huh. Like you'll never be get to eat fun stuff again. And by the way, that's completely wrong. It is like wrong. marinate your meat. Yeah. Like do all the things. Get the rubs. Like make yep. your food taste good because yep. then you're going to want to eat it. <laughs> well, and to go off of you saying like, you never can enjoy food again. I we went to Disney Disney mm-hmm. Springs in October. Yeah, or was it October? No, no, July. July. <laughs> July. We went to Disney Springs, and it's just a different way of looking at it. Yeah, it's like okay, I really want that Dole Whip, and I want the ice cream that has Mickey's head on it because hello. <laughs> but you you're saying okay, well maybe I'll just choose the Dole Whip. And have a few bites and share it with somebody. Yeah. So you're still getting to enjoy the food that you want to have. Or, you know, you go to a wedding. Who doesn't like wedding cake? I mean, that's 
amazing. But instead of taking one plate for your significant other and one plate for you, what if you take one plate, take a few bites, and then get handed over and then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, it's the amount of food is the difference. Now. I finally convinced my husband to share because yeah. he would be like, no, you get your own. And I'm like, but I can only eat three or four bites. It's yep. like I'm wasting 20 some dollars. And so I got him on the money side yep. and then he saw how little I ate and he was like, okay, we can do this. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's a double benefit because I was just like, I feel so bad that we're spending all this money and like, I'm, I'm such a, I, I just, it's so useless to go to a buffet. I'm like, why would we, why, why no. I can eat? Yeah. And I'm like, I like one good plate of hot food. Yeah. And so I told him, I was like, I would really rather share. Like, yeah. I just don't. Yeah. So, so he finally, after us being together for like five, six years, I finally got him to share. That's well, awesome. We were supposed to share meals the whole time we were oh gone God. in July. And like, I don't know what happened. We had this whole plan. We did. And then we were so tired at the end of every day that we were just like not even thinking about it. Except for on the very last day, we're in Disney Springs and we went to this restaurant and I was like, well, this looks really good. And Mel's like, oh, well, why don't we share? And I was like, weren't we supposed to be doing that the whole time? Yes, we were. And it works perfect because we both have tiny tummies. Yeah. So what's the point in ordering double when we're only going to eat half? So share it. I mean, I split with my boyfriend all the time who he had bypass surgery uh, two years ago. And so it works great. We go to a restaurant and we'll be, I'll be like, what, what looks good to you? And we'll order it and we split it. And it, I mean, half the time he orders better than I do anyway. So <laughs> he has Every a good time. order. Did you guys go through the whole like leftover thing? I would cook and be like, I hate leftovers now. Like I used to be the person like, Oh, cool. Like we'll have, le-. no, like I, I have to, <laughs> I have to love something to cook it because then when I was single, especially I'm having to eat it like six times to just eat one recipe. So yeah. I was yeah. like, I started cutting it in half. So whatever the recipe called for, I would just automatically half it. Mm-hmm. And then I would only eat it for like two or three days versus a whole week. So, well, and I kind of flip flop that where I used to hate leftovers before surgery or cold food or cold food like my kid and my husband can just eat that shit and yep. now like i i thoroughly enjoy leftovers and cold food yeah so i'm like my husband because he's a cook and he loves to cook yeah and it, it, he would just get kind of like depressed the fact that he's like your food's getting cold i'm like there's nothing i can do about it yeah i can't i can't eat any faster i can't <laughs> force it it's gonna be painful yeah because like if you're going through this, you know that pressure in your chest or the yep. pressure in your throat. And sometimes it gets so bad where, like, we tell everybody, stand up, put your arms up. Yep. Boom. Gravity it, works. Gravity <laughs> totally works. Walk around. It will move it down and you will feel better. Mm-hmm. But you got to, like, figure it out. And that's the deal. Is like, I'm sorry, babe. Like, I know that you want me to eat this. And I know it. I'm going to tell you it tastes delicious, but I'm, I'm going to be eating it cold, too. Like, yeah. just don't worry about it. Like, I got you. I'm still eating the shit, but it's just yeah. going to take me time. I and was, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, just realizing like one meal can take me all day. Yeah. Like yes. I had I had coworkers being like, how are you still eating that? And I'm like, <laughs> because I just take little bites and do my job and take little bites because I didn't yeah. tell people at my new job. What I was like, they got to see me a year after, um, no, two years wow. after post-op. So I'm not an oversharer and I don't ever just like randomly tell people like, hey, I had surgery. And so I just let them 
think they want what they wanted to think. And I had my protein <laughs> shake every morning. And then at lunchtime, I would just slowly eat that throughout the day. And they're just like, you just are a slow eater. I'm like, yep, I am. Yep. <laughs> I totally am. Yep. And that was another big difference between us uh, in the beginning was mm. Mel didn't tell anybody. There was probably what? Like 10 people. Yeah. 10 people that knew about her surgery. Yep. And me, I'm like, I didn't care. Like, I literally talked to gas attendants about yeah. the fact that I've had surgery. Witnesses, guys. Like, <laughs> they will say something. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I had weight loss surgery. <laughs> or, like, I will conduct little webinars in the middle of little markets because people don't know what weight loss surgery is. They'll be like, oh, you had that band thing? And I was like, mm, okay, we're going to have a little class. Everybody in session. <laughs> this is the four surgeries. This is what each of them does. Like, because yeah. I want people to be informed about what's going on. And I don't care if they think it's the easy way. Like, because they may, I've never had somebody be like, I don't care. Like, they all are very, very interested in what yeah, I'm saying. They tune in. They yeah, definitely do. Because Mel's there. Like, I'll talk about it with anybody. And I'm impressed. I'm like, all right. Like, one, like, you're nailing all of them. <laughs> like, she nails every surgery to a T. Um, and then just watching their faces is just really amazing because you can tell that they want to know. Mm-hmm. It's just like they they're not going to seek out that information unless mm-hmm. it's necessary. Mm-hmm. But they're always quick for the judgments because that's all they hear all day long from yeah. other people that like, oh, well, my friend so and so had it and they died and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, wait yeah. a minute. Or how did they die? had it and they gained all their weight back. Thanks. Yeah. That's really supportive. Oh, that's awesome. inspirational. Yeah. 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 Which I mean, I feel like that's a way because I do the same thing and we've talked about this. Like mm-hmm. if you tell me a story I'm going to try to relate it to something that I've had happen in my life. And it's not that I'm not interested in your story. It's just that's how I communicate. And so I, I've i started to realize that that's how other people do it sometimes. So when they're saying like, oh, my friend had that, but she gained all the weight back. Like they're not saying like you're going to wait, gain yeah. all the weight back. They're just relating it back to what they know and what right. they've seen. Right. And so by talking about all these things and telling them, well, that's not necessarily true because you have this and this and this and this that you have to do. If you don't follow it, yes, of course you can gain all your way yeah. back. Well, and understand like our bodies are so different. Mm-hmm. So like my body is going to be completely different than that person's friend's body mm-hmm. and like her choices or their oh. choices of what it is. Yep. And just because one gains back doesn't mean that I'm going to too. I would take offense to it because I'm just like, why do we have to go to the negative thought? Because I'm sick and tired of me saying Mm -hmm. that I've done something and then they instantly go to the negative situations. So I'm like, hey, we need to promote positive things when it comes to weight loss Mm -hmm. surgery, because the more positive that's out there, the more than they can finally change the story. But what's funny is I don't think a lot of people think that that is a negative thing. I think that is purely. That's a problem in itself, though. Yeah. yeah, And I think it's a total problem. I don't think that should be the first thing that they think of. But a lot of what has been put out there story wise Mm -hmm. is that's what's happened. And so they're just literally trying to relate to you. And so the more we talk about it and say there are success stories in our community, there are people that have kicked. A lot of them. Yes. A lot. A lot. But I don't think that's like, quote unquote, normal in the eyes of people that have not had surgery. Like, well, that's not what they're seeing. Well, and think of right. the alternative. And this is what I would tell people. It's a tool. And yeah. like, I remember my ex-husband, high blood pressure, 
um, diabetes, type two diabetes, gout, like literally could barely walk sometimes yeah. just breathing so hard. Yeah. And literally. I think he, he had a hard time getting a job sometimes because I think people really thought he could like keel over at any moment. Cause wow. he was five, seven and 300 pounds. So oh, he was like wow. shorter, carried all the way up here. And I just think, well, so was the alternative, like you're going to die because yeah. you're overweight, unhealthy, or you have this tool and even if you lost the weight and gained it back, it probably gave you a few more years than mm -hmm. it did. So I would just look at people and be like, yeah, it's just a tool that I use. You yeah, know, like right. I talk a lot about protein with people because mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're not getting enough protein either. No. Like, because it's just in our diet. If mm -hmm. you're eating fast food, you're not getting near what you need in life Correct. to live and function. So, well, and yeah, I, it's, I, it's always interesting. The I feedback. kind of like put it with. So if a kid walks home from school and walks down a street, makes it home completely fine, that's not going to air on the news. No, it's not. But if a kid walks home and gets kidnapped, not that I'm condoning any kidnapping whatsoever, <laughs> um, if they get kidnapped, that's going to be on the news. Right. So the positive is not going to be on the news. The positive is not going to be in the newspapers. It's not going to happen if somebody is 700 pounds and lose five, loses 500 of it and then gains all of it back, that's newsworthy. Right. Because it's more on the negative side. It's a that shock factor. Somebody that's 700 pounds and loses that weight and keeps it off for six years, well, that's boring. Like, you know, not to us. We find no, that really us, cool. We're like, hell but, yeah. yeah. But for the main, main population, that's what they're used to. Well, and I'm realizing with this day and age with social media is like it's all algorithm based. Mm -hmm. So like what we're searching on the web, whether it's on Google or if it's on the social media sites, we're getting fed what we, what they think that we're going to like and what we're going to click on. Yeah. So because like we're immersed in this world, we're going to see more about weight loss surgery mm -hmm. and about the positives and the negatives and the people. Yeah. But like, say my husband, you know what his algorithm is? It's all music and football and freaking like games. Yep. Like he doesn't come across anything that's like close yep. to what I look at on, on a daily basis. So it's really like tuned in to the person. Yeah. So if you're not going out of your way to learn these things, then you're really almost going to never learn these things because Which, yeah. if you're only doing your normal searches, you're just not going to know. You're just not in the know to know as well. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost like you have to have a friend or family member to go yeah. through this for people to recognize it and understand it. And then they actually have to have the want to learn more mm -hmm. because just because a family member goes through it doesn't mean that they're going to like now search all the things and know all the uh -huh. things either. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And what are they going through today? Right. Right. No, right. Yeah. That's just, and that's one of the reasons why we tell people like have your significant other listen to the podcast, have your, you know, if you're really close to your mom, have her listen to the podcast mm -hmm. because that's going to bring them into a know of what you're going through on a daily basis because we don't sugarcoat anything. No. If we want to be very real, like this journey is not easy. It is not simple. It is not like just. It's not glamorous. It's, it's not <laughs> linear. You're not going to start up here and then just go all the way down. You know, it's not. It's there's bumps. There's bruises. There's stalls. There's, I didn't get enough water today. I didn't get enough protein today. Oh crap. I haven't worked out in three weeks. Like that's a normal journey. Yeah. It's not, I worked out every day for three years. I lost a pound every day. Like that's not, that's not, not realistic. No. Like 
So what was it like for you guys when the scale started to slow down? <sighs> I had freak More out. cheese and salami? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, around the time that my my stall or my, or my scale started slowing down, I was hitting about my one year. And so I actually had my one year check in with my nutritionist. And she was like, I was like, okay, how do I maintain? Like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And she's like, well, you need to like incorporate healthy foods and you're doing all the same things. You're just making it to where you're, you're not trying to lose any more weight. You're just trying to stay at that weight that you're at. Right. And she's like, you might want to add some potatoes. Cause she knew that I was very like carb restricted. Nazi, yeah. Like not happening. And I, I was like, whoa, you want me to do what? Don't talk. Like, I don't eat potatoes. And she's like, have one bite of potato, Kelly. That is your <laughs> that is your homework. Take one bite of potato. Do it. And I did. And it was fine. Guess what? The sky is still there. The earth did not shatter. Like, <laughs> And you didn't gain it. 100 pounds back just because you have one thing of a day. No, 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 not at all. So it. It, but it was it's scary because you've worked for, you know, a year, two years to lose this weight and to keep losing. And based on the past, then it's that's what's scary. Correct. Yeah. Because eventually, I mean, you're not going to lose weight forever. Eventually, the scale will stop moving because you cannot be zero pounds. No. No matter how much that fun that sounds, <laughs> not going to happen. And so realizing that it's. You're just taking a, a different route now. So like you've gone down this path, you're good, it's comfortable, but now it's saying, okay, you need to take a left turn. And you're like, I don't want to take a left turn. I want to go straight, but there's no, there's nowhere to go on that straight path anymore. Do you feel like the mental work started like the day you had the surgery or was it like, I got to get through the first like month or two and that's when it was physical. And then all of a sudden it switched to like, was it that oh shit moment where it was like, I got to do mental work? Or when did you realize that this is more than just food? I think that I worked really hard mentally before I had surgery. So when I came out of surgery, yes, I still had breakdowns and things like that. But I was in a really good mental state because I did six months of therapy before I even had surgery, right. which I highly, highly, highly recommend. Yep. I You cannot get enough therapy before you do surgery. Um, but I think I thought everything was good. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm rocking this journey. I got this. And then it was like maintaining happened. And then I was realizing all of these things by, you know, us doing the podcast and talking about all these subjects. And so then the mental start part started coming back up again. And I'm like, okay, why do I do this? Why do I do this? Mm -hmm. And I was so busy that I really like, it wasn't like, full on thinking about it. It was just like little blips here and there. And then I think after my husband left, that's when the mental started really, really kicking my ass because, and that's, you know, a year two and a years. half in. Yeah. Yeah. Two year and a half, two years. Yeah. Cause it was before two years. Yep. So I think he left and I was just like, what? And then I started reaching for those comfort foods, which for me is cake. I love sweets. I love cake. And I just, you know, I was going to Safeway and grabbing all the cakes and I wanted them all. And I didn't quite understand where I was mentally. And I'm still figuring it out. I'm trying to be okay with who I am now. And I think also I went from not having any idea who I was to now I'm like, eh, 
I'm about halfway there. I'm about halfway. <laughs> but I mean, when something traumatic happens, it's hard. And you have to do a lot of work within yourself to kind of be okay with that traumatic experience. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Yeah. For me, it's different. Um, because when I I didn't start like stop losing weight until like I would say a year and a half, almost a two years out. But I was I lost slowly. Mm-hmm. So when Kelly was like rampantly losing, <laughs> I was like, because she's like, I had that she had this goal by her birthday. You're and, like, there's gonna be none left of you. Right. I was like, girlfriend, like I don't, I was like, I just don't want your like your hopes to be like so high and then you're upset with yourself if you don't reach this because that is a very unrealistic goal but, but she, I hit it she did hit it um I, I will cried. give her that she did fucking <laughs> hit that goal it was just nuts for me because I was losing like about eight to ten pounds a month which is average yeah and, that is average guys. and I felt great about it like mm-hmm. I was never I think because the community what I wasn't in the community I didn't try to c- compare myself to anybody mm-hmm. I was literally just in my own shit. I was mm. like, I stayed in my lane. This is what I did. And I didn't deal with the, I had the breakdown or whatever in the very beginning, the first couple months, but mm. the working out took over. So mm-hmm. like I got so immersed into working out that I was like, there was like a six month stretch where I was doing two a days. I was going before work. I was doing it after work. I felt great because working out does make you feel really, really good. Like you were sweating in there and you're in like a group mentality and everybody's like mm. cheering each other on. Like, That felt amazing to me. And so I was like, I got to keep going to this. This is awesome. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, and then once like life changed to where like I had to move, I bought a house, I had a new, new car, new freaking career. I had to pivot and Mm -hmm. then the working out stopped. So I had to figure out like, what are we doing here? Because Mm -hmm. I don't want to gain anything. Mm -hmm. So now I have to learn how to maintain without really doing the workouts that I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so I had to change what I was doing. So it was like, okay. Yes, you cannot go work out every day. Mm-hmm. It's not feasible with the schedule that you have. But you know what you can do? You can stand at your desk all day. Mm-hmm. Instead of sitting, let's stand. So I did that. Every break, I would walk around because I was like, hey, I can't go to the gym, but I can do walks. Mm-hmm. Like I was just making sure I was still physical and moving. Mm-hmm. Because what I've learned in this process for the last three years is to maintain, you still got to freaking move. You got to still all do all the things. You don't have to have that crazy workout where yeah. you're burning like crazy and going mm-hmm. on those runs and lifting those weights. But what you do have to do is move, move, move. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love the tracking. And you're going to hear me talk about it all the time because that's what kept me maintaining. And that's why I'm, I am the same weight six years later mm-hmm. is because I track, track, tracked, and I move, move, moved. Mm-hmm. The mental started happening really with the podcast because Mm -hmm. I was talking to these doctors and realizing like their light bulbs were turning on of like, Oh, I do that. Oh, that makes sense. This is why I do these things. Um, because even before the podcast, because on Thursdays we would talk about, it was, yeah, yeah, it was us talking was like making me realize like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I do have these tendencies and whatever, Mm -hmm. but I already was in the motion of like, I say around two year to three year, what you're in right now Mm -hmm. is where you find yourself. Yeah. It's where you start realizing, what do you like? What do you not like? You start questioning everything. You're like, do we even like this music? Do we even like that food? Do we even like these people? Mm-hmm. Like, you're starting to go through your r- Rolodex of... Rolodex. Rolodex, thank you. Mm-hmm. Of, like, what you like and don't like and dealing with it. Whether, like, am I going to put up with this stuff anymore? I would just want to be happy. How do we do that on a normal basis? And you just start questioning everything. And I think mm-hmm. that's super helpful. Mm-hmm. If you don't question, I think you get a little, like, complacent. 
And then mm-hmm. you start going back to old habits because mm-hmm. you're not learning anything. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I question everything even to this day. That's part of why we're podcasters, because I love interviewing people. I like information. I like knowing. So I'm going to ask these questions. Mm-hmm. And I learn that you have to ask those questions also within and not be exactly. scared of the answer inside. Because when you question yourself, it's okay to have like a negative answer. Because guess Mm -hmm. what? You're not telling anybody. You're telling yourself. And that's okay. (laughs) Like tell yourself the shit and then deal with the shit is is the main thing. Like no one's going to judge you for being um, trying to be a better person. Like and if they are, Mm -hmm. then they shouldn't be in your life. Well, and to roll on the top of that, Mel is now learning that you are allowed to talk about yourself. And you are you can put information out there because people do care about you and they want to know. And just because they don't ask Mm -hmm. doesn't mean they don't care. Exactly. And you are worthy of talking about yourself and your journey. Yes. That it's okay to talk about it. It's not vain. Mm -hmm. It's not being selfish. It's not oversharing. Like Uh you're allowed to talk about yourself to people and it's okay. Yep. Um, And if you have to put, you do have to put up some boundaries there because some Mm -hmm. people you can trust and some people you can't trust. And that was my thing that I've learned is that I just had, I have really big trust issues. Mm -hmm. I still have huge trust issues. Like I feel like you're way better off now than you were even like six months ago. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause I, I've had to realize like, oh, you know, I can trust people. (laughs) There are certain people that I can let in and it's okay. And like, you know, I know that's from old habits of like being like younger and I, as a kid and like family stuff and realizing, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't think that I could trust anybody, but now I can. Yep. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yep. And not everybody's going to leave. And not everybody's going to leave. That's that's a big deal too. Yeah. So like knowing that you can tell people things and they're not just going to be judgy. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to find those people yeah. and you have to eliminate those other people that are the ones that are hurting you and making you feel like shit on a daily basis. Like mm-hmm. if it, they exhaust you, don't have them in your life. Yeah. And it's okay. Because not... otherwise you're going to want to eat that. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's your go to. Yep, yeah. Yep. Because if I have those people in my life, if I hear those negative things and all I want to do is reach for that Hershey's with almonds and mm-hmm. I want my fries from Arby's mm-hmm. and I can't do that to myself anymore. Like those are yeah. my two big like trigger foods that I want all the time if I'm upset or if I'm lonely or if I'm sad. So it's like I need to get those people out of my life and I need to have people that make me feel good and like where we can share each other's like journeys together. Cause yeah. like, being with Kelly has really helped my mental health. has really helped my, me physically, like all the things. <laughs> no big deal. I'm no just big awesome. Deal. Because like, it's nice to have a friend that gets it, yeah. you know? And it doesn't yeah. have, like not everybody has a situation where we have 20 years worth yeah. of friendship, but find someone online, like message us. We mm-hmm. have a whole support group going that has 60 plus people in it because mm-hmm. you need that support. Yeah. It is so, so helpful for your day to day basis. Just have someone that you can message and you can go do that with us at any time. And not only after, but before yeah. find people that you connect with. Like we had three people in our chat that two of them had the same exact surgery date. Yeah. And then one of them was like a week, two weeks after. Mm -hmm. So like they could all connect on a level that we aren't in anymore. Right. Like we, we pre-op is a very like quick stage that you're just like, okay, let's get to surgery. Let's get to surgery. And we can talk about it. But when you're living it, you want somebody else that kind of gets where you're coming from. Yeah. And having a surgery twin is what we call it. um, It's really nice to have. Mm -hmm. And. They would have never known that had they not been in the chat. Yep. 
So we really enjoy people that are pre-op, even just thinking about surgery, because then you really get to ask all your questions and you can ask them all day long. Yeah. It's not just on a, you know, Instagram post or whatever. It's very, it's more intimate. It's very intimate because they get to learn like who we are and we get to learn who they are. Yeah. And we answer really quickly. I think that's the deal too, is like even going on the forums Mm -hmm. of like Facebook groups and Instagram and stuff, you might ask a question and sometimes it never gets answered. Yep. Or you get all the negative stuff that goes the along negative, with it. I can't. You stand know. That. Now, how how does our uh, audience find you to get to get into like involved with your chat? Yeah. Everywhere. No. <laughs> um, so we have a Patreon. I told you she'd make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Patreon.com forward slash OSLP. Um, that okay. is our uh, exclusive group of people that like to get a little bit more about us. And if you do the $7 a month or higher, you are allowed to join our, we like to call it the winner's bench, but they're more fondly known as the benchies. Yep. There are benchies. Yep. And because we, that's another thing is we are removing the loser's bench saying, because we, we are not losers. Nope. Like we, we are losing weight, but we are not losers. So we are calling it the winner's bench from now on. We are letting go of everything that ever held us back. Exactly. So we are the winner's bench and you're winning at life. Um, And so we are, very excited for people to go on there, see what we have available. We also do Zoom chats monthly. Yep. And uh, so you can join that. It, there's a lot of different benefits for going and being a patron of ours. Um, and we love well, we love everybody, but our patrons hold a special place oh, in our Oh, yeah. Heart. And they get, like, <laughs> exclusive videos of us. Like, uh-huh. once a week, they get their own. Like, yep. no, one else sees, no one else sees it. No one else hears it yep. but them. Yep. Um, and it's more insight of, like, who we are. Like, yep. it's not just always about weight loss and weight loss surgery. Yes. So yes. You, can, um, awesome. you can comment and awesome. hang out with us. Well, ladies, do you have a final thought? Uh, just go over to whatever podcast platform you use or and download our episodes or go to our website, which is OurSleevedLifePodcast.com and uh, sign up for our newsletter. We are always happy to help in any way we can. And we just are very thankful for you having us on, Denise, because. Yeah. Oh, thank you for contributing. I think it's so good to hear other people's experiences and yeah. know that. You got here from A to B, but it was like that. Yeah, it's (laughs) definitely not a line. No, it's it's not going to be perfect, but it's progress. It is progress. Every every minute of every day is a little bit of progress, and it all adds up in the end. Yeah, and the last thing that I would say is there's twofold. One, go to our YouTube page and hit subscribe because you can see all of our videos. They drop once a week. Mm -hmm. They um, are on there, even like unboxings and things Mm -hmm. like that. And then two is just know... You're worth it. Mm-hmm. You are worthy. Oh, that's awesome. Go have the surgery. Mm-hmm. If you need it, you need it. No mm-hmm. one can like don't care what anybody else says. Mm-hmm. They don't judge us when we need a knee replacement. If I have breast cancer and I need to have my boob chopped off, like they don't like there's no comment section for that shit. So let's go have our surgeries. Let's get healthy together. Mm-hmm. Come hang out with us because mm-hmm. you are freaking worth it. You only live once. So let's be the healthiest we can. Yep. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you so much, We love you. Hey, listeners, if you've enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on patreon.com forward slash OSLP for exclusive content with your favorite girls ever. Yeah. And also, check out our YouTube page. 
subscribe, hit that little bell so you get notified when our new videos drop a week after they are released. Yeah, and we would like to give a big thank you to Anne-Marie Cruz for our logos, Eric Vaughn with 17th Street Studios because he provides our music and our recording yes, space. Thanks for listening to Our Sleeve Life Podcast where we are breaking that stigma one episode at a time.